0: Take your Bibles and let's turn to the book of Proverbs once again and see how many other verses we can pick up here. And uh, whenever I have opportunity, one of the preachers is out there saying, we need to have one of these home missions conferences back east. And, uh, and I said, I, I don't think we can do that. And he immediately looked at me and says, yeah, we don't have the big churches in the east that we do in the Midwest. Uh, that can give that way. And, and one of the things that I I like to um, to say is there's, there's two reasons why we go to these conferences. Number one is we need to remind the preachers in the Midwest and Northwest, other parts of our country, that they need to be mindful of us and the Northeast and the great need that is here. And the other part is we need to be reminded that Our our struggling in our work here is not the sum total of God's ministry. I mean, I think of some of those churches uh, that uh, just give and give. I mean, there are some churches that give tens of thousands of dollars at this one meeting. Uh, It's just absolutely amazing. And uh, yet, uh, Brother Davison used our church as an example again. Of, of giving because when we first showed up was 1999, the first conference, and um, we were in need of help at that time, and uh, the uh, now we are helping others, and so it's just a blessing to be able to do that, and of course uh, that's where one of the places your missions giving goes. And uh, this year, we borrowed a little bit out of our savings account and gave that away, too. Uh, because uh, it does not, uh, we we just need to be mindful of the great need. And those that have been to the conference, if you took $100,000 to this conference, you could give it away. Uh, and not bat an eye. Uh, but we don't have that, so we give what we can. But it doesn't hurt, stretch a little, amen? And so Proverbs chapter 14 and what we're doing here is, again, we're, we're going through the list of verses in the book of Proverbs. We're trying to, to pick up all of the little verses here and there and, and, uh, and keep it somewhat within topics. And so tonight, uh, I've got five different topics I'm hoping to cover, each with several verses. Uh, the first being false witness and lies. Uh, the second being people and prayer. And then eyes, and then abomination would be the last. And I um, always want to end on a positive note. Amen? Uh, but uh, let's start in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 5. It says, A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Look down to verse 25 of the same chapter. And it says, A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. I mean, the world is full of lies. It is hard to tell the truth from the lie. I, uh, uh, I've used this before. Uh, uh, my favorite summary of American history George Washington, I cannot tell a lie. Richard Nixon, I cannot tell the truth. Uh, Bill Clinton and Obama, I cannot tell the difference. Amen? Uh, well, Bill Clinton, I can't tell the difference, and Obama, I just plain don't care. Uh, I mean, that's American history. That's where we've come, and the, these two verses in this one chapter remind us very carefully, you know what? A faithful witness, A a true witness is going to always tell the truth and it says a true witness delivers souls. You, uh, Joseph, that's enough. You wonder what your protection is in a world of lies. Your protection is the truth. That's the only thing that you can trust. Do not fight fire with fires. Because Proverbs 19.5 tells us, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. 19.9 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. 21.28 tells us, A false witness shall perish, but the man that heareth speaketh constantly and so the the false witness is not going to escape you know everybody thought if we want to go back and talk about bill clinton he lied to the american people he did all of these things and everybody said he's getting away with it but let me ask you a question did he I mean, in the history books, what is going to be remembered of the Clinton presidency? Things that we can't even talk about in mixed company. Wouldn't talk about in private company. Uh, The vulgar, filthy lies and and acts of this man, he has become non-topical only in the groups of people that love lies. Is he popular today? And, And so... Uh, and uh, how many of you remember that, uh, uh, just thinking of Bill Clinton, uh, little Al Gore came up to mind here with global warming. How many of you remember all the hullabaloo about that uh, um, Russian research vessel that was frozen in the ice, and then they sent another one from China, and it got locked into the ice? And as far as I know, they're still in the ice down there. How many people know what they were doing on that? It, It said a vacation vessel. They were having a global warming conference. They were going down to explore the fact that the polar ice caps were melting. And they got frozen in. Now, who says God doesn't have a sense of humor? Amen? It just goes to... A false witness is not going to be unpunished. God is still in charge... And uh, let's turn to uh, Proverbs 25:18, and this is going to give us just a little different look on, on what a false witness is, 25:18. And verse 19, "A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth." And a foot out of joint. Now you look at these two things, it says, This man that beareth false witness, he's like these three things. How many people know what a maw is? That's basically a club, uh, it, it's something that is used in battle to, to great uh, effect, uh, especially riding a horse and swinging a long club. You can do an awful lot of damage to uh, the enemy. And then it says, "A sword and a sharp arrow." I mean, these are all instruments of death. And bearing false witness is going to bring about death. And it says, "You put your trust, you put your confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is a broken tooth. Now, every time I read that, my whole face just goes "hoo. I mean, I, I've never broken a tooth and, and I, I don't consider myself just one of those people who are fearful of pain, but uh, I, I just don't like that sound at the dentist office. I mean, I don't know anybody that does in their right mind, but a broken tooth. I mean, you just, a toothache can... Uh, will affect your entire person. I mean, you just can't get past that. You can't ignore it. You can't pretend it goes away. And then the other one is a foot out of joint. Uh, That means you can't move. Uh, You're just not going anywhere if your foot's out of joint. I remember years ago, this thing with flat feet finally caught up with me. I could not walk to the end of the block. Uh, it, it was just so much pain and finally went to the doctor and got it figured out and, and uh, all of those things. But I'll, I'll tell you what, this, this thing of lies is deadly. It is going to stop you. So don't trust a liar. Never, ever trust um, an unfaithful person And Proverbs 29, 12 says, If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. Now, that that is a verse for today. You know, we we tend to blame our president for all the lies that he has produced and, and things like this. But what does this verse say? It says, If a ruler hearken to lies, if he believes the lies, all of his servants... Are wicked. Well, uh, look at the cabinet. Uh, Look at the Congress. Look at the people who are in charge of these administrations. I mean, uh, all of it, the Bible says that if the ruler is believing lies, his servants are wicked. And so don't blame all that on Obama. There's enough to go around. Uh, It's a scary world in which we live and the Bible gives us an awful lot uh, of information and, and I want you to understand as we cover these topics, these are not the only verses in the book of Proverbs that deal with these topics, but we've covered the other ones in dealing overlapping with other subjects and things and our emphasis is trying to Uh, just cover every verse in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to move to our next topic, and and we only have three verses here. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 28. And uh, this was one of those troublesome little verses that we have not been able to cover in 36 weeks. And and so uh, down to verse 28, it says, In the multitude of people is the king's honor, but in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. And so I looked up the word people, and we got three other, uh, two other verses that we haven't covered yet. And so it says, In the multitude of people is the king's honor. I just heard a little news blip. Uh, Vladimir Putin has uh, uh, notedly been against homosexual behavior, and they're really railing on him because... I guess there's a lot of homosexual people in the Olympics, I'm not sure, but uh, that's what they're using as leverage. And and, uh, one of the statements that he made is, in Russia we need to get rid of homosexuality so people will have children. I thought that was an interesting line of thought process. And uh, that is one of the problems uh, with Western civilization as a whole, is they're not having children. Uh, there are a few notable exceptions. Uh, but uh, the simple truth of the matter is um, the um, that is not the truth. The, I mean, that is not the goal. Homosexuality is an abomination to God. Amen. And it destroys society as a whole. And if Vladimir Putin can figure that out, Why can't other people? Oh, my. In the multitude of people is the king's honor, but in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. Proverbs 24, 24, He that saith to the wicked, thou art righteous, him shall the people curse, nations shall abhor him. He that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous. Boy, there there we go. Today's newspaper. It says, The people uh, shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him. Tell you what, the people still know what's going on. And whether they're a majority or a minority, we know. And Ver- Proverbs 29, 18, one of the most famous books in a uh, famous verses in the book of Proverbs says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And, and uh, let's just turn there and, and spend just a moment there because uh, I've heard this verse preached so many different ways. But let the Bible define the verse twenty nine eighteen. The first part says where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, If you can't see where you're going, if you have no idea what's going on, if you do not know the times, if you have no wisdom, no prudence, no ability to see, the people are going to perish. Well, what is the cure? The second half of the verse is the cure. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You know where we get our direction? We get our direction from the laws of God. That is what will help us. And you stop and think of the history of this nation. When the Ten Commandments were on the wall in every school building, when prayer was the beginning of every day, the pledge of allegiance to the flag and prayer to the God of the Bible, you know what the biggest discipline problem in the public school system was? Talking in class. Don't you wish that was the biggest problem you had to face, Brother Franz? and Miss Rosalinda, when you went to school as kids talking in class, could you imagine that being your biggest problem? You know what number two was? Chewing gum. Now we have to have police officers in almost every high school to protect our students from other students. It's a terrifying thing and uh where there is no vision, people perish. Don't believe i mean Monday is I have a dream uh, Martin Luther King's dream is not in the scripture it it's just he he was a a great man to a certain extent in his own uh realm of influence but the things that he desired and the things that he they called him a preacher I don't know what he preached because I've never heard of anything he said that could be tied to the scriptures you know that's how we judge things and it's not a racial thing at all it, what it is is listen where there is no vision And if your vision is not based upon the words of God, you're going to perish. That's what this verse said. It's what happened to Israel. It's what's happening to our country today as we speak. And we need to pray about that. And the next topic, of course, this isn't... I've got two verses on prayer. Um, There are more than two verses that deal with prayer in the book of Proverbs, but these are two... Uh, that we need to to get so we can uh, close out the book, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 8. Let's just look at that very quickly. It says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. He that turneth away his ear from the hearing of the law, this is Proverbs 28, 9, even his prayer shall be abomination. And you know what? Actually, the two verses on prayer are in the verses on abomination. Amen? Uh, Let's just finish this thing out. The, The sacrifice of the wicked. The sacrifice, if you go to the Old Testament law, was the greatest act of worship that the normal person could engage in. Uh, If you were a priest, of course, you had the opportunity to burn incense. The high priest on the Day of Atonement sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. But for the normal believer, the normal Israelite, the greatest act of worship you could be involved in was sacrifice. That, that was the greatest thing that you could do. The Bible says here that the sacrifice of the wicked is held in, um, well, in abomination. Uh, there's no stronger word uh, in the English language. God has such great distaste for the worship of the wicked. And you know what people are doing today? I mean, uh, is they're going to the world and adopting the music of the wicked to worship God with. It says, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You know what? You don't have to be rich to worship God. You want to delight God. It says the prayer of the upright. And that's what God wants. Uh, The other verse is 28 verse 9. It says, He that turneth away his ear from the hearing of the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Do you see the connection there? God says, If you turn away your ear from the hearing of the law, God's going to regard even your prayer as an offense to his holiness. God does not want us to pray according to our heart. He wants us to pray according to his word. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And that phrase, though hand join in hand, is in several verses... And and what that's simply saying is, though this proud in heart were to join up with a righteous person, God is still going to seek them out and destroy them and judge them for their wickedness. We've covered these verses before about diverse weights and diverse measures. When you do not judge things correctly, that's what the weights and measures were for they were to measure how much seed they were to judge the weight of the metal, uh, of of things that's why god was jesus was so angry when he went into the temple because they were using false weights in the temple to steal and cheat people you know what god judges everything you 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 go through your bible not only does he judge the wicked he judges the righteous That's why we need to repent and we need to seek the Lord. And the uh, Proverbs 21 27 says, the sacrifice of the wicked is abomination. How much more when he bringeth it with a wicked mind? It says, you know, you can actually what this verse is saying is you can actually go beyond abomination. Now, That is hard to compute. Abomination is as far as you can go. But God says, listen, the worship, the greatest act of worship of the wicked is held in abomination. But when he shows up with a wicked mind, adding that wicked mind to his wicked sacrifice, God says it's even more of an abomination. You can't measure it. That's why there's a place called hell. You can't measure it, but God can judge it. And so we, we, need to, we need to watch this thing because abomination is all around us and we need to be apart from it that we may serve the Lord. Okay, so the last subject we're going to try to cover tonight is the eyes. And there are several verses here. Um, And let's go back to Proverbs chapter 15 in verse 3. And we'll start here. It says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Everywhere we go, the Lord sees us. And we need to remind ourselves of this. You know, sometimes we think, well, nobody will see. Wrong. And sometimes, as we're doing good and doing what's right, we think, nobody's watching, nobody's paying attention, I'm, I'm doing right, I just get kicked in the head for doing the right thing. Uh-uh, the Lord's watching. He's watching both ways. He beholds the evil and the good. Amen? And uh, we turn to Proverbs 20, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 12 tells us, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. God has made us to be able to understand and perceive things around us. That's that's how you do it. You see. And and the word see is not only talking about physical sight. Uh, You see with the eye of your soul. Amen. You see and perceive. And so many proverbs in in, in this book deal with prudence and understanding and knowledge. And all of those words are talking about being able to see. Because otherwise... A blind man or a deaf person would not have God's blessings. That's not what this verse is talking about at all. It's talking about being able to hear and understand what you're hearing. I mean, uh, how many of you ever remember taking algebra? I mean, you can see and not perceive. You can hear and not understand a thing in algebra class. That's easy, isn't it? Anybody here love algebra? Oh, good. We have a few. Um, My teacher used to get so mad at me. He said, it took me two hours to come up with this test and you're done in five minutes. Just love to frustrate teachers. Amen. But uh, the, the whole thing is God has given us the ability. I love the fact that our deaf people Can hear with their eyes. That blind people can see with their ears. You see what God is telling us here is. He's given us the ability to understand. If we will come to him. And we will understand things according to his word. We can know what's going on. That's what this verse is telling us. And we need to see. And skip down to or skip back up to verse 8, and it says, A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. Oh, I wish we could put this verse up in in the halls of Congress. I wish we could put this verse up in the Capitol building and at uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the White House, and at the Supreme Court. You see... If those that have authority will simply judge things justly, evil will be dispersed. The problem is, judgment is not given out and that encourages people to commit greater acts. Uh, How about O.J. Simpson? I mean... Talk about a tragedy. He got away with murder, didn't he? Well, it didn't take him long to get something else caught. Uh, when judgment is not carried out, some of you lived in this city for a long time, you can remember when it wasn't like it is today. That when you had to be careful walking down the streets, and if you rode the subway late at night, I mean, it was with fear and trembling. Uh, Then we had a mayor come in and he just started exercising a little judgment. They caught you graffitiing on the side of the building. They made you clean it up. And and, and doing destructive things and tearing up parked cars and all of that thing. They they got rid of those things. And guess what? A lot of other stuff went away. Uh, You need to pray that that keeps going. Because if it doesn't, It's coming back. That's that's simply what this verse is telling us. And these are the good use of the eyes. Now, I want you to turn with me to Proverbs 16 and verse 28. We're going to look at several verses here in a row. And uh, we just got a few more here to go and we'll be done. 16. And uh, we're going to look at 28 through 30. It says a froward, that means perverse or... um, Uh, unsound in their understanding. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisper separateth chief friends. A violent man enticeth his neighbor and leadeth him into a way that is not good. He, the violent man, shutteth his eyes to devise froward things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass." So what we have here is a connection between the froward or the perverse man, the violent man. Notice how it says he shutteth his eyes to devise evil things. You know what? You have to turn away your eyes from understanding the word of God from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know, years ago, I had a guy come in And and sit down. He said, now, pastor, I just got a question and you're going to think I'm crazy for asking you this question. uh, But is it wrong for me to live with my girlfriend? And I just looked at him. He said, yeah, I thought it was wrong. But see, she goes to such and such a church and she said it was okay." And so I just stared at him a little harder. He says, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's wrong. You know, here, here's the truth. Is he just shut his eyes so he could live in sin. And when people who know the Lord do this, bad things are going to happen. This is the way of the, and even the evil person that's out there, the violent man, it tells us, the froward in heart, He has got to shut his eyes. He's got to close himself off from the world in which he lives to continue in his wickedness. That's one of the reasons why it's so important to just keep those tracks out on the street and in the subway stations. That's why it's important to just continually be a testimony to the Lord so that we remind them, hey, You're purposely shutting your eyes to the truth so you can do what you're doing. Let's keep our eyes open to serve the Lord. Amen. Now, this next one is a a topic of uh, um, uh, a subject to a little bit. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 8, it says, A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it, whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. Now, years ago, somebody gave me a New Schofield Bible, which uh, the reason it was called New Schofield is because the um, American Standard version wasn't selling very many copies, and these people liked it, and so they moved most of the textual changes from the American Standard and rebounded as a New Schofield Bible so people would buy it. And uh, someone bought it. I, I was actually received the Bible as an award. And, and in that Bible, it says here, instead of a gift, it says a bribe. And so you put that in there and you say, now, where in the world did they get this? A bribe is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it, whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. And uh, you read most of your commentaries and that's the, the general gist they take it because this word gift is, is used to mean uh, a, a gift that influences. And so automatically we think about bribery. But don't we have good gifts that we give to people that influence people in a proper direction I believe that's what this verse is talking about. And I actually found another commentary that agreed with me, so I know I wasn't totally off base. But what this verse is actually saying, I believe, is it's not just giving someone a Bible. But you know what? A few years ago, uh, a whole group of our girls here got purple Bibles in the church. We call them the Purple Bible Club. And you know they carry those Bibles around, and I know as far as my daughter's concerned, it's one—they're the ones that have one. It's one of their most prized and precious possessions. And guess what? It encourages them in the things of the Lord. That's what this is talking about. Uh, Sarah just got a gift. You know what? It is very precious in her eyes. And she was walking around campus, you know. And all of her friends wanted to see the ring. And of course, they're all talking. And uh, several other of their friends are all planning weddings and things at different times. And uh, what, a, what a day it's going to be, amen? But the idea is a gift like that is precious. It's a consuming thing. It's something that takes precedent in our lives and when we have something like that, when we have the opportunity to give something like that, it's going to take you a whole lot farther than just talking. That's why it says, whether turneth it prospereth." You know, there is a time for encouraging one another in words. There's another time to encourage one another with something precious, something that's part of you, something that you didn't get easily. And that, that's what I believe this verse is talking about because gifts do change our attitude. It can be used as a bribe, but you know, bribes don't always prosper. Bribes don't always get the job done. But when you give someone something precious to serve the Lord with, and by the way, that precious gift could be a memory, could be just understanding what's going on and helping one another. Three more verses. Proverbs chapter 20, one more time. Verse 12 says, we've already covered that, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. Verse 13, love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Wake up, amen? Uh, That's what Solomon is saying. Don't love sleep. Love keeping your eyes open. And we go to 25 in verse 7. Again, just talking about the eyes. And this is a passage that Jesus quoted and taught the Pharisees based on. It says, verse 7. Let's get verse 6 as well. Um, Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king and stand not in the place of great men. For better is it, it is, that it be said unto thee, come up hither, than that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince. Whom thine eyes have seen. Don't promote yourself. Because it's going to bring shame upon you. That, that's what this passage was talking about. And, and we, we need to be careful. If we will humble ourselves, God will promote us. If we try to put ourselves forth, we will be humbled. And Proverbs 27.20 says, Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. You don't have to uh, go, go very far, just look in your own life and say, no, if I could just have, fill in the blank, my life would be good. I would have what I need. Doesn't work that way. It says, the eyes are never satisfied. It's never going to be enough. So don't go chasing after it in the first place. Because hell and destruction are never full. There's always room for one more. And so let's not bring destruction ourselves. Let's not seek those things which we can see with our eyes. Let's keep them open. The verse we just talked about now shall be filled with bread. Amen. Let's not put forth our self in the presence of people that we've seen, because then we're going to be humbled and ashamed in the same presence of those people. What we need to do is keep our eyes on the Lord. He made them. Let's let him use them to help us see and understand what is around us. And if you ever catch yourself saying, oh, I just need to shut my eyes for a few moments to think about things. Let's let's be warned that's how the evil man works. And let's serve the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we just ask that you would give us grace and Ability not to get uh, bored with these verses here, but to allow them to be a part of our hearts and lives that we may serve you and understand this incredible book called the book of Proverbs. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, if you need to just slip out of your seat or want to pray right where you are, let's, let's do that and prepare our hearts for the time of prayer to follow.